Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka, welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us today in our Johannesburg studio is Nicole Ferreira-Dill, who is the principal dancer of the Joburg Ballet, South Africa's national ballet company, which is the highest ranking title for a female ballet dancer. In the next few weeks, from the 29th of June to the 8th of July, she will be performing in Johannesburg in a production called Fire and Ice, which showcases the ballet company's range and expertise in two contrasting ballets, the classical Raymonda Act Three and the more contemporary one, Whispers of My Soul. Welcome to the show. Thank you for ha- having me. Now, starting off, as a dancer, being a performance artist is physically demanding. It requires numerous elements to attain success, from sacrifices on rehearsals, perseverance, teamwork, single-minded focus. Can you share with us a few of the landmarks in your journey so far, and when you understood that being a ballerina was going to be a significant part of your destiny? Yes, I think ballet is such an amazing art form. And I, as a young dancer, I think the, lots of, you know, all mothers take their little girls to ballet class. And that's also how I started. I just went to ballet class as a young girl at the age of five. And I think just from there, my love grew. And at, about the, at the age of about 12, I decided this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to become a ballet, a professional ballet dancer. And from there, I just, you know, put all my love and energy into my training. And yes, from there, I obviously went into the company and I've just grown from there. It's so rare, I think, to find what you love so early on in your life and then you know what you want to achieve and deliver. I mean, quite often you chat mm. to people and say, well, what do you want to be? And you can talk to someone who's 30, 40, 50, 60, and they'll still say, I'm still trying to find out what that key thing is. Yeah. So it was wonderful that you found it at such a young age. Yeah, I think that's, I think, like you say, it's incredible to be able to say that my work is my passion. It it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like I go to work every day. It's it's something that I love. It's something that I want to do. I want to work hard. I love the rehearsal process of working hard and putting all that energy in and, you know, getting home and being so tired and exhausted, but you know you've achieved something. And then obviously being on stage, that's, I could be on stage every night of the year. It's just, that's what I want to do. You've got this entire creative process of formulating the steps, looking at how one relates to other dancers on the stage, packaging it all together, and then being able to deliver a performance, which, let's face it, doesn't last all that long. I mean, if we're looking at these these couple of dates that I shared earlier, 29th of June to 8th July, so much effort goes in to delivering for eight shows. Yes, I think, and that's why I think you can't, as a dancer, just want to be on stage. You can't. You have to love the rest of the of the work as well. You have to love the studio life as well because ultimately you do spend more time in the studio than on stage. Like you say, it's only eight performances. Um, usually we do about ten performances, and a performance is usually about two hours. So if you take 
out of your whole day where you're in studio for about eight hours, five to six days a week, to a performance which is only two hours, you have to love that creative, high-energy part of the work as well. But practice makes perfect. Yes, and that's I think we're all all striving for perfection, and I think that's what's also so so beautiful about it is no one is perfect and the rehearsal or studio life is where you can have your imperfections and you can strive for that perfection and hopefully on stage that perfection comes out and even though no performance is perfect but you know you have to be happy enough with what you have rehearsed. And talking for a moment on studio life I understand that within the Joburg Ballet Company there's a, a fairly eclectic mix. These aren't just South African dancers. You've got people from all over the world. Yeah, yeah I think that's also, Joe, that's what makes Joburg Ballet so special, is that we've got all those influences and we've got all the different nationalities and the, all the different flavors from the different countries. I mean, we've got dancers from Brazil, from Cuba, from Australia, from, you know, from, from all over. And, yeah, that's what makes the Joburg Ballet Joburg Ballet. And what is it like infusing those different cultures together to to toe the line? Because I think that any anyone from a different country, you, you bring in a different energy mm-hmm. and you do have a different identity. Yes, I think for, for classical ballets, I mean, you're always striving. I mean, if you talk about the Swan Lake and the Sleeping Beauty, where you've got quarter ballet girls which have to be look exactly the same, they have to... Their arms have to be exactly the same. Their bodies, you know, their angles, the way we move have to be the same. And that's going to bigger companies where you have a school that feeds into the company. That's what you can get. But whereas with Joburg Ballet, because we're so different, I think that makes it so exciting. I mean, we are still striving for everyone, you know, in the Corte Ballet to look like one. But I think everyone has such a different energy to offer. And I think it comes through on stage as well. And... I think now that the audience members start to get to know the different dancers and the different countries, they have their favorites as well and they can they can see their different influences. And from a performance point of view, we're now talking from Johannesburg delivery. Does the company go out to different countries to perform? We have traveled in the past. Um, we're not a touring company, but we have traveled to Oman, which was amazing to perform for such a different audience. But um, we mostly travel locally if we do travel. Okay, so it's not exclusive to Johannesburg. You do performances around the country too. Yes, yes. And stepping back a little bit, I also saw that when you were doing your your studies that you had studied jazz, Spanish, contemporary. What made ballet win you over? Ballet is the foundation of any dance form. Um, I think if you've got ballet training you can branch out into any different style and it's easier to learn different styles. Whereas if you trained in or just trained in one of the other styles, you can't necessarily become a ballet dancer. And I think that's what makes ballet so special. And it's just for me, ballet has always been, that is what I want to do. That's just my ultimate dream was to become a ballet dancer. So you were really living your dream. Yes. You're (laughs) at the pinnacle now. Tell us, what has been your journey to become a principal dancer? What are some of the steps that you've, you've had to take? So usually you start uh, 
Right. I mean, as in any profession, you start at the bottom and you have to build your way up. And it's all about hard work and what you can offer the company. It's all about, you know, putting in that hard work, the dedication. I mean, you can say, yes, and I've done all the different roles, but I think it's what I've put in and what I've given myself. I've given myself to ballet. And I think that's what's, what's led me to where I am today. And how long did it take to get to this level? Well, <laughs> so I started ballet at the age of five, and I'm turning 30 this year. I joined the company when I was 18, so it's taken me about 12, 11, 12 years to become a principal dancer. So it doesn't happen overnight. And I always think, you know, back to Malcolm Gladwell's book, I can't remember which one it was, but one of them, he talks about that to be an expert at anything, you put a minimum of 10,000 hours, which you have yes. definitely <laughs> clocked up. You learn different lessons from your experiences. And although they may be um, learnt in one genre, there's often uh, lessons that can reapply into different fields of life. So you are now at the top. And importantly, it's about staying at the top. What are some of the principles that you think relate and apply to perhaps the business world or, or life in general? I think it's a, as in any job, once you're at, at the top, you can't become complacent and think I'm at the top. I don't need to work hard anymore. I've made it. I don't think you've ever made it. I think it's always you're always working hard. You have to always work hard. You have to always. I mean, even though I'm a principal dancer, I'm I'm nowhere near perfect. I think the minute you stop learning is when you should retire from any job, I think. I think there's always something to learn from from the work, from different people, and I think that's the only way you stay on top is to keep learning. And having been in the industry for 25 years, knowing <laughs> what you now know, what would you have liked to have known before you started out? Oh, my goodness. I think there's so... I think in life you can always say if I had only known what I know now but I think my journey to where I've come I think it's been such a smooth beautiful journey and I don't think I would change anything I think yes I could say I should have known how to work differently or because now as a principal dance or doing principal roles you do work a little bit differently but that also that comes with experience that comes with with wisdom it's you know I think life experience so I don't think I'd necessarily change anything it's just a beautiful journey you know I think if you start the journey where you are now you've got nowhere to go so I think everyone just has to have their journey and often it's about it's not just the destination factor but it's about the journey of of getting to that end point yeah. Your performance repertoire has included roles in Cinderella, uh, Coppelia, Carmen, Giselle, The Nutcracker, Swan Lake, Don Quixote, and Snow White, to name a few. They're all timeless classics, and being able to retell those stories and not telling them with words, but expressing them through your body. Was there a particular performance that has left a lasting mark on you? I think for me, 
all the principal roles that I have done have been such beautiful roles and I've really enjoyed them. But my ultimate favorite ballet and my dream ballet to do was Swan Lake. And I can say my dream came to, came true. And I think Swan Lake is just, that was the performance where I really felt I can do this. I'm, because usually everyone always says Swan Lake is one of the hardest ballets to do, and which it is. And I can say I, I accomplished it, and I was proud of the way I did it. So I think that was, you know, doing, telling the story of Swan Lake and being the character of a swan, which is so hard to do. It's not like a, like a Cinderella where you're a person. I mean, you're ultimately an animal. And I think portraying that character was just absolutely my dream. Do you have a particular saying or, or motto that you live your life by? I think there's so, I think sometimes people's mottos change. I think it's, you know, I don't necessarily have one motto, but I think I like being, or I can say, you know, be like a sponge. Just soak up everything that you can. Soak up, learn, take from everyone, um, and just squeeze it all in. Where would you say that you draw your inspiration from? I think inspiration, I mean, it comes from inside. I think it's what you want to give. I think there's so many things out there that I want to do and I have to inspire myself to keep working hard and to keep, you know, wanting to do those roles and those ballets and the inspiration I think comes from inside knowing that this is what my dream was and knowing that my dream has come true but I've still got things that I would like to do. So to keep developing and moving ahead. Having been in your position now, what words of advice or encouragement would you share with aspiring dancers that are coming up through the ranks? I think I would say to them that being a professional ballet dancer is an amazing career. It's something that you can't you know, put words to. It's so amazing, but you have to know it is incredible hard work. It is sweat and tears and <laughs> you have to drive yourself it's it's hard work you cannot go a day without working hard you have to every day strive to be better than the day before and when you were saying working hard earlier you mentioned that it's eight hours a day in studio could you run us through a, a typical day yes so i get up i wake up at about half past six and have my routine then I go to the gym for about half an hour to 40 minutes. Then I'm usually in studio by 9 o'clock, which I've got an hour to warm up and stretch and get my body going. Then we do a compulsory class for about an hour and a half, which starts at 10 o'clock. And then from there, we, just got, we have rehearsals the whole day until 6. You're dancing flat out. You're you're working on things, you're working on your technique, you're working on your characterization, and it's just uh, putting ballets together. So that's very physically intensive, but I would mm -hmm. also imagine you need mental stamina to keep going as well. I, that's also what I usually say is you can have the hard work, you can have the technique, you can have the talent, but if your mind is not strong, you're not going to make it either. Your mind has to be so incredibly strong because there are different aspects to to being on stage as well and you know there are days when you are so tired your body is so sore but your mind has to get get you through it if your mind's not strong you're going to go sit on the couch and stop working you know so 
your mind has to be strong. Any helpful hints on developing mental strength and agility? I think it's, a, it, you know, everyone has to find their own way. But for me, I think calmness, you have to be calm. You have to be, um, you cannot be a nervous wreck when you go onto stage. It's, you have to be, but that's for me personally. I have to be in such a calm space and that's the only way I get through things. Talking about getting through things and staging and performances, in the next few weeks, the ballet company is putting on Fire and Ice, which, as I mentioned in the introduction, showcases the company's range and expertise in two contrasting ballets, the classical aspect with Raimonda, Act 3, and Whispers of My Soul. How does it feel to perform new choreography as opposed to the, the traditional work that you would do in, in something like Raimonda versus a new production like Whispers of My Soul, which I also understand it's the first time the ballet is being performed. Yes, I think um, it's so, I think as dancers, you're always looking for new things to do, new things to work on, um, new, new ways to improve. And I think doing new works is how you improve. And I think even, I mean, Raimonda, I've never, this will be the first time I'm performing Raimonda as well. But even doing that part, it's still a new ballet to me. So it, there are new challenges in that, in that aspect. There's, um, it's a, there are different characters in the ballet. But then we've got only about 20 minutes in our interval to take our hair out, take the bun out, lose the tutus and tiaras and go into the contemporary which is completely the opposite and I think it's so I think the audience is going to be quite surprised to see us as a traditional classical company to be doing the contemporary which is completely different it sounds like chalk and cheese yes <laughs> and but with that I think the the provides opportunity like we were mentioning earlier offline for welcoming new audiences to attract perhaps a, a younger generation? I think that's always, I mean, you can't have only one audience. Once that audience dies out, you don't have an audience anymore. So as Joburg Ballet, we're always striving to get, you know, younger audiences, a new generation in to filter in and to carry on being our audience. So the show is running from the 29th of June to the 8th of July at the, the Joburg Theatre. Can you tell us where can people get tickets, a uh, little bit of, of detail there? So you can book um, tickets through Joburg Theatre's box office. The telephone number is 0861 670 670 or via Perfect. So we've got a telephone line access and we also have um, online access. Yes. Today we're talking to Nicole Ferreira-Dill, who is the principal dancer of the Joburg Ballet, South Africa's national ballet company. Hi, my name is Yvonne Takataka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. 
You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, a program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Bauka every week on this day at this time. Let us all unite and celebrate together. This is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. For the people of South Africa, and the world. This is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. You help and apart. This year, 2018, marks a hundred years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholithatha Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating a hundred years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us make Africa the tree of you are listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, the African Perspective on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band. Also available on DSTV Channel 802. Today, we're talking to Nicole Ferreira-Dill, who is principal dancer of the Joburg Ballet, South Africa's national ballet company. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. In the previous section of the discussion, we spoke about Nicole's career thus far and her journey to becoming a principal dancer. We chatted about some of the roles that she's played from the more traditional characters to some of the contemporary work that she's doing. And we also spoke about Fire and Ice, which is the forthcoming performance that the company is putting on stage. Often when we hear about successful people, there's this tendency to think that their achievements occurred overnight. But in reality, you know, as, as we've chatted now, you've been in the game for, for 25 years, if you think back to where you started. Mm-hmm. Now we're witnessing years of hard work and disciplined dedication that has been invested into your career path. But behind the scenes, it's not just you as an individual, there's, there's a support structure that, that backs mm. the individual. What is your opinion on the role of support systems to help contribute to success? I think it's incredibly important. You cannot, I don't think anyone can do anything alone. You need that support system to help you, to keep you grounded, to keep you focused, to maybe sometimes even take your mind away from what's important or your work, you have to sometimes be able to shut off and just relax and take those moments to recover. And I think that's, you know, part of the support system. I think they're so important to, for you to get to the top. And as a, a dancer, we were talking about the, the longevity 
And part of that, I think, is to do with the support system in, in terms of making sure that we've got new science developments, we've got new opportunities to help speed up recovery, whether that's from injury or from a nutrition point of view to, to repair and, and restore ourselves. What typically is the, the length of career that a, a dancer could expect to have? I think it completely depends on the person. It depends on how you look after your body and on how you recover from injuries. I think, I mean, we've had dancers who at the age of 40 were still at the top of their game, at the top of the peak of their career. And then we've had dancers where at 30 or even younger, 25, have had too many injuries and not recovered properly and their bodies just can't do it anymore. So it's about, I think, having serious injuries, you have to take the time to recover 100%. If you don't recover 100% and you come back and the injury is still there, it's going to be there forever. And in this case, your body is your instrument of work. Yes. Womanity, Women in Unity, as you can tell by the name of the program, is all about gender equality. Uh, taking into consideration the challenges that you've had as well as the successes that you've experienced uh, along your career, in your opinion, what areas do you think we still need more attention with regards to women? I think in the ballet world, this is such a hard question and such a hard, um, there's so many different answers you could give. But I think in my experience in the ballet profession, I mean, people go to see the ballerina. They go to see the principal ballerina, to see the princess, to see, you know, so I think in ballet it's women are quite well showcased. They're the you attraction. Know? Yes, I think so. And even though you've got the principal man who's obviously also people go to watch, but ultimately it's about the princess in, you know, most of the, the s stories. Um, but I think outside outside of ballet country, I think in the country there can always be improvements. I think it's women are such, I think you have to be able to see the strong parts in a woman I think that needs to come out and I think people need to see that so with respect to, to ballet we've got people coming to see the princess is the princess being rewarded in the same way that the male principal is being rewarded in the ballet world I think in as in I think if you look at sports and you look at say tennis play tennis play uh, tennis players mm -hmm. or whichever sport you look at and I could be wrong I could be speaking under correction but I think there's always a thing of the men get paid more if you're yes. talking about salaries whereas I think in in da in ballet we don't have there's not so much money in ballet it's not the arts isn't funded as the rugby team or and even though we athletes just like the rugby South African rugby team you know it's not so I don't think that's really an issue with ballet dancers because we're all kind of on the same level they're not millions that come in and they're not millions that can go to specific people and not to others um, I think as in any company there are different salary levels but I think they're pretty much women and men are on the same level and would you say, we, we know that predominantly the dancers are women. 
What about the other, I suppose, layers in the hierarchy of of the company? Is it quite feminized? No, I think you know. I think if people think about ballet, they think about about women, but it's not. We have to have just as many strong men as you have women. You have to. It's so important for men to do ballet. To have you cannot do a ballet without a man, and they have to be strong athletes as well. It's not a feminist. It's not, or people, I think, if they think about men doing ballet, they think about men being feminine, and it's completely not. You cannot look feminine on stage when you're partnering a woman. You have to be the man. So I think it's just import, as important to have the strong men. Okay. And in other areas of, of ballet, so um, choreography, directing, um, putting the company out on the map, are those also predominantly female uh, positions or no. is it mixed? No, it's completely mixed. I mean, our artistic director is a man, Ian MacDonald. Our CEO is a is a female, Esther Nasser. Then we've got our ballet mistress, who, who's a woman, um, Lauren Dixon Seeger. But then we've got lots of men behind the scenes. It's We don't have a ballet master at the moment, but I think they looking for a ballet master as well it's important to have a ballet master as well you know for the men to have that male figure um so no it's completely so it's very gender gender mixed and balanced yes Yes. from where you sit today being a top athlete perhaps gives you a unique perspective on things um what would you say you've learned from your own endurance your personal limits uh, collaboration and teamwork so ballet teaches you so many different things. It teaches you to work with different people. I mean, it's not like you go to an office, sit in your own office for eight hours or however many hours and go home to your family. You are working intimately with the whole studio of dancers and you get to work with different people and you get to learn from from everyone and work with different choreographers. And I think that's so, it's amazing that to see that and to be able to learn all of those things but I think I've definitely I always want to test myself I've always said and it might sound funny but I would love to go to Survivor and go see how I could actually put my dancing knowledge and with my body and my mental strength in something like that and not necessarily Survivor but you know it's uh, one of those aspects well I think you know and, and listening to what you're saying you've got timing because you've got to be synchronized with what you're doing, whether everybody's doing the same thing or, or knowing what comes next and also being conscious of the, the vulnerability that dancers have to injuries that if you're out of time, it could cause someone else to, um, to have a, an issue or, or an injury. You've got this teamwork of working with different personalities, people from different countries, you are not communicating verbally, but you're communicating physically through your body. So there's a lot of, uh, I would say, like sensory experience and nuances that you you have to pick up on. You have to definitely, and I think it comes when you start in the company, you call a ballet dancer, and that's when you're dancing in a group. And like I said, you usually in the corps de ballet where you've got to, 10, 12, 16, even 20 women at at one point and you have to be
be exactly the same. You have to, and that also comes with experience where you're standing and you might be in the front of the quarter ballet line, but you have to feel everyone behind you because ultimately you're leading them. And I think it's your peripheral vision improves, your your spatial awareness. It's all about, you know, feeling other people without actually touching them and being synchronized and working with other people. And I think that's, you know, just as important as a sport where you've got a team. You know, mm-hmm. we're a team as well. You can't have a ballet put on a ballet with just the principal couple. It's about the team. So there's extensive collaboration and I think cooperation. And mm-hmm. when you look at analogies with other sports, they would be about competition, but it, this isn't about competition. This is about making sure that everyone is in unison and doing the right thing on the stage. Yes, it's, you know, I think there's always people think there's competition in Belland, which there is. I mean, everyone is striving to do the principal role and not everyone can. You can't have a company with 20 principals. You have to have the quarter ballet, the soloist, the senior soloist, and then your principals. So there is a lot of competition, like I say, everyone wants to do the role, but we all, I think at the moment, Joburg Ballet is such a, we're in such a good space. We all, you know, you, we want everyone to be good. You don't want to be the best from a bad bunch. You want to be the best from a good bunch. So everyone is fighting and striving to make the production as good as possible. One of the questions that I ask all my guests who have made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of success is about factors that they consider have contributed to become the person that they are today. So whether this is about perseverance, hard work, uh, a particular person that has influenced you. So if you could tell us, in your opinion, what have been some of the key drivers to your success? I think for me, my, like I said, my hard work, dedication and mental strength has also strong aspects that have gotten me to where I am. But also, like we spoke earlier, the support system that I have, my family and my husband is incredibly supportive. They have always been there. They are always there. They're always there to support me. They're there to pick me up when I've had disappointments. They're there when I'm achieving my my goals, when my dreams are coming true. And I think that's that's what's also gotten me to where I am. And if you reflect back on your your life so far, what have been some of the pivotal moments for you growing up? I think for me, as in for my career, I think my the first pivotal moment was when I danced just the role of Giselle, when I was did the lead role. That was my first principal role, and I think that was a pivotal moment to know I am getting where I want to. I know I can get to the top. And I think from there it just grew into into the roles and um, I just grew. And what or who would you say has had the biggest impact on your life to make you the person you are today? Definitely my mom. She's everything that I've learned, everything that I am, everything that I've done has been from her and with her and she's just... She's absolutely, she made me who I am. And 
Did she dance? No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she grew up on a farm. <laughs> she always seems, says that um, if she, maybe she would have been a dancer if she knew ballet existed, but as a child she didn't. She grew up on a farm in Namibia and only once she had come to South Africa and actually saw ballet and also fell in love with ballet. I mean, her love for ballet also grew. Now, lastly, as we close out our show today, could you please share a few words of inspiration that you'd like to pass on to women in the continent that are are listening to us today? And particularly as we're in youth month in South Africa and um, our broadcast is, is going out just before youth day. I think women out there, I think they need to know we have a voice. Women have a voice. We've got a strong voice and we need to be heard. I think women, if you put your mind to anything, you can do anything that you want. You can achieve your dreams. You can achieve your goals. I think put your mind to it. Put in the hard work and be who you are. Thank you very much. I think that's a very important message that speaks to authenticity of self. You have been listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Nicole Ferreira-Dill, who is principal dancer of the Joburg Ballet, South Africa's national ballet company.